Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel on the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And have you ever wondered how a university education somehow got transformed from a noble quest for enriching knowledge into a staggeringly priced resume punch? And if you're a Gen Y or Zer looking for that uh, upcoming education or a parent searching for ways to pay for it, you, uh, or if you want other strategies to meet your goals, you have a strong advocate and advisor in Mark Perna. Now, Mark has founded the consulting firm TFS, and uh, he has authored a marvelous, well-received book, Answering Why, Unleashing Passion, Purpose, and Performance in Younger Generations. And I am going to be quite honest with him, my friend. There is a whole lot about Mark's emphasis and strategies and even his goals, with which I disagree somewhere between strongly and fist-poundingly. But that doesn't really matter. What does matter is that after hearing what Mark says and what Mark believes, what is your take on education, careers, and finding fulfillment? Your ideas, my friend, are what you must act on. So if you seek some tactical fodder uh, from two different points of view for these uh, vital education career pathways, pull up your chair and join us for this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your careers thrive and your ventures flourish. Mark, I'm so glad that you could break free and join us and share your concerns and beliefs for Generation Y and Z, who are trotting eagerly on their heels. Bart, it is a pleasure to be with you. Let's rock and roll. If you're going to have differences that are strong to mid-range, I'm all in. Let's go. All right, let's do this. So, but, but before we before we square off too much, I think in the interest of transparency, I, I feel it's only safe to uh, and, and wise to say that neither uh, you nor I are of Gen Z um, or Y, whom we call the millennials vintage, any longer. You, you've aged like the finest wine, and I've aged like the finest milk, and uh, <laughs> ours are voices of, shall we say, experience. Would that be fair? Oh, that would be very fair. We've 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 been down the road. We've we've uh, we've we've looked behind the curtain <laughs> yes. and we've seen we've, <laughs> we've we've seen who's pulling the levers, you know. <laughs> oh yes, and it, it is it is it is very sometimes very enlightening and sometimes very sad. Uh, I must admit, but Bart is an aging hippie who is sort of seeking self-discovery, and and Mark is a child of a less hopeful but far more practical age. And so, uh, now anyway. Mark, uh, for the young person just entering the competitive realm of business, you, uh, when we talk, you, you said, I have three disciplines that will help distinguish them and, and put them on top. Could you share those with us? Absolutely. You know, the, so the world, the world has changed, and, and in doing so, um, you know, for instance, you know, if, if I were to put on one hand, uh, you know, academic knowledge in this country or rigorous academic knowledge, um, I, I can't get anyone in this country to, to disagree with me because it's, everybody needs that. Everybody needs, you know, academic knowledge. It's of critical importance. 
But we live in a world today where that's right. not the only thing that you need. I mean, you need other things. You also need technical and professional skills. And it's really all three of those things, academic knowledge, technical skills, and professional skills, that, uh, that give young people a competitive advantage today. And so you have to have all three. And so the, world, the world's different because there was a time when you could just have academic knowledge. And the more academic knowledge you got, the higher your paycheck. And, and we just don't live in that paradigm anymore. The paradigm has shifted uh, in recent years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, to give a slightly different shade uh, on that, I'm going to give my own version of the vital tools. And I would say I, I really just have one tool when you offer, when you step into education or uh, your, your education or when you um, proceed into business at whatever level, uh, and that is take with you your sense of wonder. That is your intellectual curiosity. When, you're, when you enter school, look at all the courses that are available to you and talk, talk to professors. When you step into that first realm of business, take a notebook in your hand. You, let's say you're entering a print shop. Go to, go to the guy who's the graphic artist. Go to the guy in the press. Go to the accountant. Go to the salesperson. Go to the client. Talk to them. Ask them. See what they have to say. And the reason I say take a notebook, let them see you writing down the notes that you're taking. This that discipline will keep you won't have to worry about oh am i coming earlier going late or whatever or you will find that you search out all of the of the skills and disciplines on and and academic knowledge you'll you'll end up searching that on your own oh that would and does that make sense to you mark oh it makes complete sense in, in fact i mean that's career exploration that's career development that's taking and trying to understand where your passions are what you are interested in so that you can make choices at a younger age, and, and I, I know, and, I, and between millennials and, and Generation Z, we're talking about people 39 and younger in this country, and it's like to unleash right. their passion, purpose, and performance is more about allowing them, based on their own unique interests, talents, and abilities, to then get the academic knowledge, technical, and professional skills they need to do whatever it is they want to do. And so I love what you're talking about because what you're talking about is exploring that, is taking the best of what they are and trying to figure out what's cool, what's interesting, what's, what's something that seems intriguing to me, and then following it down the rabbit hole until they get to some place that's viable to them so that they can get whatever education they need and skills to do that. That's it. Oh. Uh, Wisely put. Of course, I went down the rabbit hole and found the Mad Hatter and, and followed that model, but what can I tell you? Uh, but look at you now, Bart. But look at I you understand now. understand it. Oh, yes, that's right. That's what makes it so sad. Uh, anyway, as I understand it, you advocate that uh, we, uh, we need a, a new paradigm, as you said, to steer our young people towards success. Now, I, I don't want you to sort of divulge your entire very cogent book answering why, but could you give us just one or two directions in which parents, teachers, and employers uh, with a hopefully gentle hand might be steering the younger generation towards success? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and so I, I have to kind of preface this by saying that most everything written about young people today in this country is largely negatively slanted. You know, they're, they're lazy, entitled. I mean, you hear people right. say these things all the time, and it's like I go completely the other way. I think they're the most incredible generations to come down the pike. I think they're the most intelligent, resourceful, and pitbull-like generations that we've ever seen in this country. When they see a want to in their life, something they truly want, 
They'll move heaven and earth to get there. Our challenge as parents, educators, and employers is getting them to want something. And so I want to start with that basic premise because now to answer your question, okay. you know, how are, they, how are they uniquely different today and how do we need – one is that they have to have an answer to the question why because they are asking themselves every day, why is this important? Why should I do this? Why should I pursue this? Why should I go to college? Why should I go into a career? Why do I have to do, take out the garbage? You know, whatever it is, they need to have an answer to that question why. And the aha moment that I give uh, you know, parents, educators, and employers uh, all over North America um, is when you ask a, a young person to do something 39 or younger and they look back at you and they say, well, I, you know, why should we do it that way? Most of us in this country take that as a smart aleck response, and we, of course, give the all-American yep. response back, which is because I said so. Um, the aha moment right. is that they don't – yeah, exactly. But they, the aha moment is that they don't – they don't really mean it as a smart aleck response. What, what most young people are saying is, hey, look, you know what? I'm unique. I'm special. I'm important. I'm intelligent. I'm resourceful. I know how to use technology. Why is it important for me to know this? Because, you know, I know, I, you know, there must be a way to use Google something. There must be a way to put it in the cloud. There must be a way for us to uh, get a bigger impact. So tell me why we do this so that I can see if I can, if I can take it to another level. And if you look at them as not – like there's two ways to look at young people today. You can either look at them as a challenge right. to be solved or you can look at them as a, a tremendous resource to be unleashed with either in, in your home, in a classroom, or, or in the workplace. And if you look at them the second way, you're way further down the line to being able to use some, some very uh, uh, some knowledge, perspective, and strategies in order to be able to connect and engage and push them further and faster. I think you're so right. You know, in fact, I, I, I was talking with Eric Schmidt, who you mentioned Google. He's the former CEO of Google. And I, I, my question to him, when I asked him, I said, what kind of new leadership will models will, will we be need, needing and seeing in, in the upcoming future? And he says, the, the, the leadership's uh, models will be exactly the same. But he says, what you can't do is exactly what you've just said. You can't say anymore because I said so and, and I'm the boss. That doesn't work. He said you have to, which puts the burden back on those parents, teachers, employers to uh, come up with A, a good answer, but B, uh, a motivator. And that's all they're asking for. So I good view. And just as a follow-up on that one, I'm going to ask you, Mark, uh, what is, uh, for the young folks listening, what is success? How do you define it? I define success for, for anyone as, you know, achieving self-reliance, independence, and happiness. Because I think happiness ultimately is doing what you want to do, when you want to do it, and for the reasons you want to do them. Um, you know, I am not a fan of pigeonholing anyone anywhere. I think every human being has the opportunity to determine, you know, what they want to do based on their own unique interests, talents, and abilities, and then pursuing that to whatever level they want to get to. And when you can get to that level where you can be self-reliant and independent, where you're not dependent on anybody else, to me, that's, that's, that mm -hmm. puts you in a foundational position for great happiness. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I think that's right. And I would answer, if if I had been asked, you know, what is success, I, I I am reminded of a quick story, and that is two women are watching their daughters, <clears throat> teenage daughters, uh, at this uh, riding, they're, they're dressage riders, and uh, one mother says to the other, we have Dorothy down for 
advanced placement chemistry, AP, AP English, and AP history. Uh, <laughs> what is your daughter doing this summer? And the other mother <laughs> turned to her and said, my Julia's always liked wildflowers, and I think she'll probably be picking a lot of wildflowers out back in the woods. And uh, I think that I, I think I've just sort of perhaps emphasized your very definition uh, of uh, success, and uh, the and, and that's great. Uh, if you've just joined us, you're listening the to the art of the. Yeah. No, I was going to. I, I, was, I, I didn't want to chime in on you there, but I, I just wanted to add to that. So, you know, I, I, where I am today, you know, best-selling author, my, my books won seven uh, National Book Awards in the last uh, three months, and yet when you back me up to high school, you know, middle school, high school, and college, I was in the half of the class that made the top half possible. So anything is truly possible in this country. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, there are a lot of people, like my wife's husband, who used to sit on the sign that said slow children. But uh, you, you cannot what – uh, what you've done in one place uh, does not mean – is not an indicator of where you'll, uh, what you'll be doing today. Uh, the path upstream does not define the down. Um, if you've just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time floats merrily through the mightily misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen uh, to this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And as an added avenue, you may also enjoy our shows on, C- on the C-Suite Radio station. We're proud members of C-Suite Radio. And so you can hear all the Art of the CEO episodes by tuning into c-suiteradio.com. And because C-Suite Radio is where the profitable business solutions you seek, my friend, lie just within earshot. Mark, I am sure that 95% of those parents who have saved and slaved to place their children in college, admit it or not, do it as a resume punch. That is, to give... They want to give Junior a leg up on his first job. What does Mark C. Perna say is the purpose of college? The purpose of college depends on why someone wants to go to college. I think there are lots of avenues through uh, through oh. four-year degrees and beyond. And so I think if somebody wants you know intellectual pursuits and wants to learn whatever it is they want to learn, great, go. You're going with purpose because that's why you chose to go. Um, and so I think, you know, for, for college, it's become a very expensive uh, career development and career exploration uh, process today in this country. It, you know, it wasn't nearly as expensive 20, 25 years ago. And so I, I think for, for someone to truly be successful there, um, you know, college to me today is for anyone who wants to achieve a career or occupation or a course of study or knowledge um, that is worth the investment of time, money, and they need to go with passion, purpose, and, and be able to invest wisely in, in going there in order to get out of it exactly what they want. But our challenge in this country today is that far too many young people are, 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 you know, are leaving, are, you know, don't make it all the way to a degree. Uh, they come out with debt. And so I think you know, in our younger years in middle schools and high schools, Someone doesn't need to pick what they want to do for the rest of their life because, let's face it, you know, most young people today are going to have 15 to 20 careers in the, in the span of their next you know, 60 to 70 years. Sure, but they sure. do need to start developing what I call the for now decision, which is 
hey, you know, this is what looks interesting right. for now, and I'm going to move in that direction, but at least you're stepping towards that direction. And sure, you may change next week, next month, next year, but at least you're making moves. And in the meantime, you're, you're kind of garnering that academic knowledge, those technical skills and those professional skills that will serve you no matter where you go or what decisions you make in the future, whether you go to a four-year degree, a two-year degree, whether you get an apprenticeship, a certification, no matter where you go, you have set yourself up with internal attributes that allow you then to create a competitive advantage anywhere you go. So as opposed to kicking things off like, hey, I accomplished this, I accomplished this, it's like, but what attributes do you have that will serve you well into the future? And, uh, and I'll punctuate that point with a simple stat, is it's already predicted that 65% of those kids in kindergarten today will work in jobs and careers that don't even exist today. So what our education and our oh, yeah. workforce development systems have to do is give young people the attributes they need to be successful anywhere because they're ultimately going to learn the career and the occupation once they get to that organization. And that organization will train them the specifics, but they need to come with the critical thinking. They need to come with the, you know, those academic, uh, technical, and professional skills in order for them to thrive there. And that's what I think the, the, the purpose is. Okay. I think I'm, uh, I'm, I'd like to expand on that. My, uh, I've always said that the goal of college is to make a richer person, not a richer paycheck. And uh, it used to be that, that uh, as I would say, there, there were only two vocational uh, aspects to college, uh, or two uh, vocational majors. One was uh, engineering and the other was football. And... Um, the, the latter being, of course, the, the, the high success in our, in our society. Um, but I, I think that when you go to college, there is the, the look at what the institute is, is, is laying out and holding for offering you is it's teaching you how to think. And, um, I, and you are going to learn ways to think. And I, I would add to that, art is a way of knowing. Comparative religion offers ways of thinking, knowing, and comparing. Things that are not directly related to skills. Scholarship is about molding yourself. And uh, so I'd like to add one other thing. Uh, so sort of the next question I, I'd like to ask, uh, Mark, in uh, some years back, the head of MIT, uh, the president of MIT, took uh, most of the humanities courses. Uh, all, all humanities were electives at MIT. He made most of them are, are, uh, mandatory. And when he asked why, he said, well, the pro our problem is too many graduates from MIT end up working for people from Harvard and Yale. Uh, and so... I'm saying that they have the reason why is that they have been given the gift of thought and vision. Uh, what's your thought on that? I think thought and vision is great, you know, but you also have to be able to look towards self-reliance and independence and where critical thinking is, mm -hmm. is important. Learning how to think is important, but the world has changed today. You know, the world 20 years ago didn't have the technology that's available today, that the ability to think and, and have, you know, and, and I mean, that, this has to come actually younger and younger today than it does, you know, in the college years. 
I know people who are equally as successive who didn't go to college who have went to college. I know people who have gone to college and have become failures. I know people who didn't go to college and became failures. I know people that, you know, went both avenues and were wild successes. I know people that, you know, started college, dropped out, and are wildly successful, and others that have failed. You know, I know people from every walk who've done everything and have some succeeded and some failed. So I don't know that the lock is is that, you know, every young person has to go and spend anywhere between eighty to $400,000 in order to, to, to learn how to think, because I think anyone can learn how to think. You know, you said it earlier on this, on this interview. You said, you know, go off to a place of business, you know, bring a pad, ask questions. To me, that kind of thing needs to be happening much earlier, and that if you then decide that a four-year degree or a master's or a PhD or an MD or a JD is in your future and you want to learn those concept skills or take your critical thinking to, you know, some kind of mastery level, then go. It's a beautiful choice. I'm a big, huge fan of a four-year degree. I just think there are lots of people who go that have no idea why they're going. They have no idea what they're trying to get out of it. And they become a stat in the, in the failure department or the certainly, you know, debt department that, that they can't then fund that debt that they've, they've caused. So, I love what you're talking about. I think it's possible to start learning that way earlier. And I think, you know, you were right on the cutting edge at the beginning of this interview, um, you know, because those are the kinds of things that make us smarter, wiser. And, and I think it just, it can happen in middle school. It can happen in fifth grade. You can start those kinds of things. Excellent idea. Excellent. Uh, now, Mark is going to continue to talk about the, uh, well, he's going to talk about the post a college job scarcity myth and other learn to earn guidance right after you and I take this brief sorbet from today's Feast of Wisdom as we offer you a few utensils for today's feast. And first utensils I always do. May I remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask Will this be the day that you examine one of your personal principles and see how that belief feeds your dreams and brings you benefit? Or will you continue to base your actions on some life principle because you've been told to do it by another uh, person or organization? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And second, gentle, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and taste a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book. So I am thumbing through it with great alacrity here. Uh, okay, here we are, here we are. This one is number 76. <clears throat> in academia, promotions go to the knowledgeable. In business, promotions go to the original. But if you own the come near college, you'd better be wise and daring. <laughs> what do you think, Mark? Uh, do, are we giving those uh, folks who follow, or are we? In, uh, are they uh, encouraging them with the skills they need to help them lead? Um, I'd like to think they are. Yeah, I mean, I think we uh, we have to, you know, we we again we have to look at uh, at the younger generations as incredible, um, you know, contributors. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you know, even Deloitte found this 18 months ago or so when they when they found that, uh, you know, what is the largest now working generation in this country, which is, you know, a small part of Generation Z, but largely uh, millennials, Generation Y, 
Um, they found that 68% of uh, female millennials and, and of this group and 64% uh, of, uh, of males plan to leave their current job in the next three years. Well, I mean, this is an astounding statistic. This is a cataclysmic shift in workforce development in this country. But the number one reason given is more oh, yeah. extraordinary is that they no longer want to work in an organization where pursuit of the almighty dollar is the only outcome. They want to work in an organization that gives back. They want to work in an organization that has purpose. They want to work in an organization where their, the pride of their contribution will actually add to the greater good. And, you know, I think that's a great thing. I, don't, I think that's a wonderful thing. But business and industry in this country and organizations are going to struggle for the next decade trying to determine and create vision and purpose that far exceeds shareholder value in simply making money. And so in order to stop that revolving door of employees in and employees out, we're going to have to be able to connect by answering why, understanding why they think the way they think, what makes them tick, and then trying to match a career pathway for them that allows them to succeed to the level that they want to get to. And then allowing them to get whatever academic, technical, and professional skills they need in order to be able to, to thrive at any level. Okay, thoroughly put. Uh, I don't know, it's my, my own afterthought to that quip. I just put that knowledge is, well, knowledge is the ability to recite what others have learned and published, and new ideas or new business ideas are really only that, new, not necessarily improved. But if you have wisdom and courage to follow, uh, that's your own best bet for reaching a sought-after goal. Just my thoughts. And if you're smart a bit over that clip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com and pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 best business quips. And these jovial bon mots, uh will fly out to you on the wings of laughter, and they'll glide in a little more <laughs> fun and hopefully a little wiser perception. Uh, and as a third utensil, we sumptuously spoon to you the answer to last week's business quotation. That is, the name of the individual who said, the time to save is now. When a dog gets a bone, he doesn't go out and make a payment, a down payment on a bigger bone. He buries the one he's got. <laughs> those, those words were spoken by none other than America's wise, witty, but never malicious humorous, Mr. Will Rogers. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later on in the show, Blurting Your Way, comes uh, yet another enriching quotations. And if you're among the learned souls and knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him, him or her to be and email it right on. Off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind, soul, and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And Millennial's passionate mentor, Mark Pernawool, uh, is about to talk about our nation's skills gap right after I make this introduction to you, uh, of the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing. And this week, the folks at Prometheus, instead of telling you one, uh, about one of their enlightening volumes, they would like to proudly announce their Prometheus Awards. Uh, in short, Prometheus was the ancient Greek titan who defied the gods and brought humankind the gift of fire. And from that light onward, my friend, there was no turning back. The Prometheus Awards recognize those exceptional individuals who, by their personal example and their inventive enterprises, enrich the human community and shed a little light in our world. And on Thursday afternoon, September 19th, at the Rothman Institute of Entrepreneurism and Innovation uh, at Fairleigh Dickinson University's camp, uh, Madison campus, you will have a chance to meet, greet, and hear um, the honorees ranging from the celebrity fitness extra uh, trainer who is 
rescuing and training victims of human trafficking, and the major international market player whose ranging investment uh, works much further towards social responsibility and a whole lot of other uh, honorees. It, it's worth it's really worth your your sense of hope to to come to this. Um, and we invite you to join us at the Rothman Institute and hear these tor- torchbearer talks and. To learn more about uh, where to go, how to get there, and so forth, uh, and to learn more about the Prometheus Awards, simply write info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. Carpe diem, my friend. You are indeed worth it. And now with utensils in hands, let's take up the chalkboard slate as we return to Mark Perna as he seeks to make your education and business entry more valuable to you. Yes, you. Mark uh, a, a very uh, wise scholar of a friend of mine uh, named Frank Marlowe said to me uh, when I was, was telling him that, that, that you and I were going to do this, he, he said, you realize, Bart, that 80% of the people do not uh, enter work. They don't want challenges. They don't want changes. What they want to do is to take what skills they've got, express it, take pride in that, and be and and that's plenty. Uh, and so, w- are you uh, so with you with your emphasis on skills? Am I saying would it be fair to say that you're the voice of the majority of, of that eighty percent majority? I don't. I don't. I potentially. Yeah. I, I'm. I might. You know. My voice. Uh, I've never broken it down by percentage, Bart. So that's a first for me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. Remember, I was in the half of the class that made the top half possible. So I have to even work on that percentage thing. Right. Um, and so. Yeah, no. Right. I, you know. I. 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 I potentially yes. Uh, but I'm really trying to. You know. I'm. I'm trying to shift the paradigm of that there's one way to be successful in this country is what which is what most people think yeah. today is that there's lots of ways to be successful and and I I believe that you know that 80% you're talking about um yeah they it's based on their own unique interests talents and abilities so yeah so maybe I do speak for them but I think I speak for the other 20% as well because no matter where they are People want to do what they want to do, and they want to do it the way they like to do it. They just need to understand how they create a competitive advantage in their life to do it. And that's whether it's sports, business, career, occupation, whatever it is, or parenting, whatever, is to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mark, I, I, we're moving quickly here. I want to get a few uh, a few more questions in, even though, even though the clock is pushing pushing us ahead here. Uh, first of all, you talk about the skills gap, those 6.8 million job slots that industry needs filled, and then you expand to them in your book with your career tree, which is sort of a multi, seems to me like a multi-branch corporate ladder, which you've got young folks to begin climbing. Uh, this sounds to me a lot like human resources pigeonholing, uh, which the CEOs keep telling me that they're, that, that is not what they're looking, they're looking for whole, they're in a desperate talent hunt for, for whole visionary creative people. Uh, is, is that, uh, so, so why the emphasis on the skills gap? The emphasis on the skills gap is just because so many people, and whether it's communities, parents, young people themselves, they don't realize that there are a tremendous number of careers and occupations that are out there that are high demand, high wage, in high demand, high wage industries, aerospace and aviation, manufacturing, construction, healthcare, transportation, so on and so forth. 
um, that these things are, exist out there uh, because most people are very narrowly focused into going into, I'm going to be a doctor and a lawyer and an engineer, and, and it's so very specific. But there are, there are thousands right. of jobs that are out there. And so the reason for mentioning the skills gap is not so much to, you know, is, is to, to punctuate the skills gap, other than that there's 6.8 million jobs. It's grown 19 straight years in a row. Employers cannot find people to fill these jobs simply because most people don't know they exist. So if you look at a healthcare mm. industry, uh, you tell someone who wants to go into healthcare, you know, you have a lot of people who go, you know, healthcare is big, you know, Bart, you ought to be in healthcare. And uh, oh, what Bart yeah. doesn't realize up front, you know, what the, you know the, the typical Bart doesn't realize is that half the jobs in healthcare have nothing to do with healthcare. You know, there's CEOs and CFOs right. and accountants and accounts receivable and accounts payable and purchasing agents and, you know, the salespeople and marketing people. And, and so there's so None many ways to be in the healthcare bandage, industry. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Half of them have no idea what the medical side is even doing or, or necessarily care. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, but every industry is like that. You know, aerospace, you know, is, is the same thing. There's tons of jobs there that have nothing to do with flying a plane or making one. Um, and so, yeah, it's half of the accounts in the aerospace industry only take a flight when they're they're trying to uh, avoid uh, avoid tax payment. Um, actually, so what you've just said, Mark, is 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 a great deal of comfort. To the young lady of whom I, I just hear so many young people say this, she, she said, uh, quote, you know, I really, really like Greek mythology and history, but the job market is so tough, uh, I, I feel I should major in business. And you're saying, no, you don't have to, right? No, you don't have to. What you have to is you have to you, you garner whatever academic knowledge and then technical and professional skills that you can along the way. And you can accomplish those without doing them officially. You, I, you know, I tell young people all the time, I, you know, and I, I did this yesterday, and, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, there'll be 100, you know, some young people, middle school, high school kids, you know, somewhere within uh, a presentation that I'm delivering. And I'll say, how many of you would love to create a competitive advantage for yourself right now? In the next 60 seconds, I could give you this advantage if you take me up on this. Your parents will be proud of you like crazy. Your teachers will talk positively about you when you leave. And employers at any level will beat a path to your door to work with you, to train you, and to get you whatever, wherever you want to go. I said, do you want that competitive advantage? And every kid raises their hands, and here's the competitive advantage I tell them. If you could learn this, do this. Show up five minutes early okay. wherever you go. Stay five minutes late and care while you're there. And if you do that and you bring the best of you every time, people will beat a path to your door to be with you. And I would also add to that, make sure you've got that sense of wonder tucked under your arm. Mark, uh, we're, I just want – there's one very uh, – well, there's two more vital questions. The one uh, I really, I really uh, want to get in your, in your book, I absolutely loved the, the, your comparison between the employee Wade uh, – who was completely engaged, and the zombie like April, who who was was an automaton. If in in about one minute, could you share that story with us and tell us how an employee can transform April into Wade? Yeah, I mean every day it's uh, the 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 Wade. Fa it's what I call the Wade factor. And so Wade was a tremendous employee for uh, the city of Baltimore, and he was uh, taking me and a colleague out to the Baltimore airport. He was driving the rental car bus. And most people would think, my God, you know, a rental car bus driver, you know, that, that's a slow man on the totem pole. And I'm like, no, it's the other way around. This guy was so amazing, so charming, so passionate about life 
that he made a difference in everybody's lives he came in front of. And he talked about the city of Baltimore like not only was it his home, but he was passionate about it and, you know, the kinds of things that you could do while you're in town. And he made people feel comfortable and he took care of them. When I got to April, who was working at the Avis counter that day, yeah, and it was in January, so clearly it wasn't April's month, and uh, and so she was rude, standoffish, <laughs> obnoxious. In three minutes, she made me feel like, oh my gosh, I'm like, there's something wrong with me for having even bothered her to take a car, uh, you know? I mean, and so the right. difference between the two, and the reason I the reason I tell the story is that I'm so amazed that I, you know I ran into both of them so diametrically opposed on the scale in the same 60 seconds. I left one, went to the other, and it was like, and how I felt between the two. And so for employers, you know, part of it is, you know, uh, the, the, to be fair to April, April was fantastic at what she did technically. She, I've never seen somebody whirl so fast mm. on a computer in my life. She was technically proficient. She's the kind of person right. that, that was clearly was not comfortable in front of people. She'd be better off working in the background somewhere you know, behind the scenes right, where her sure. technical prowess and, and maybe academic knowledge would, would allow her to excel but putting her front and center with people is probably not the best choice for her. And that's really for her to make that yeah, choice. Yeah. But, but she needs to understand the power of connecting. And so, so, you know, we talked earlier about vision, but it's also about connecting people's abilities, talents, and skills uh, into the right position for them where they get fulfillment. And the more fulfillment they get, the more they understand the power they make with the people they come in contact with, which includes their peers. Excellent. Mark, you, you have so much to offer, and we've barely scra scratched the surface here. But uh, if, if I've been listening and I want a copy of your Answering Why book or I want you to come to speak before my school and business, how can I get in touch with you and how can I get a copy? People can uh, go right to my website at markcperna.com. C is my middle initial, so it's M-A-R-K-C-P-E-R-N-A.com. All the information on where I'm at, where I'm speaking. I'll do 70 keynote speeches this year across North America. Um, and they can reach out to me on the website. They can read a chapter for free uh, before they purchase the book. They can you know, go off to Amazon to buy it in all kinds of formats. Um, so we tried to make it as, as simple as possible. There's all kinds of free resources on my website at markcperna.com, uh, which allows people to do book studies. And there's being, it's being used as book studies all across uh, North America today in businesses as well as in educational organizations and churches and all kinds of stuff. I'm very proud of where it's gone. Excellent. I'm glad you're getting getting the message out. Mark, it's been a lot of fun, <laughs> and uh, I think we've come to a, a little bit more understanding than perhaps I had at, uh, at the beginning of the show, and I think we, uh, we've gotten something, and you, hopefully our audiences have had one-tenth the fun that we've had. So <laughs> I thank you very much for coming on. I uh, thank you too, Bart. This has been an honor and a pleasure to be with you. All right, and we'll have to have you back. Oh, goodness. Uh, so as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. That is, who said, <clears throat> if, you use a, if you use a philosophy education well, you can get into the door of any industry you please. Industries are the blossoms on the tree, and philosophy is the trunk that holds it all together. And as a hint, 
This young and exceptionally noted poet, essayist, and philosopher is also the creator-designer of the very profitable Kilosopher Apparel. So there you have it. Uh, and remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that uh, sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win an absolutely life-changing gift from the Dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And be sure to tune in next week to The Art of the CEO when international real estate maven Lucianne Serafovic reveals that delicate blend of high-tech showmanship and intimate personal understanding uh, – that, uh, she, that she uses to sell homes to the world's wealthiest individuals. And as a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband, <clears throat> these here United States have more consultants per acre than any other nation on our planet. Cynics say uh, that's because it's easier to point the way than make the journey. But I say it's because we are a culture brimful and overflowing with innovative ideas. And to you, gleefully sharing our feast. I hope you've enjoyed the art of the show of the of the, whew, the art of the CEO uh, show as much as Mark and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember that you may download this and all our episodes at theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>